Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 217, career storyteller Marlene Cole explains how to integrate career stories to have a powerful and persuasive impact on your career development and employability. We discuss common barriers that people face when looking to communicate their unique value and Marlene shares tips on how to overcome this to illuminate and ignite your resume. This is Marlene's version of Be The Drop. Are you starting a podcast? Narrative Marketing delivers a full range of podcast production and training options. Visit narrativemarketing.com.au or hit the link in the show notes for more details. Marlene, thank you so much for joining me for our next episode of Be The Drop. You're welcome. I'm very excited to hear today about Career Storyteller, which is a unique title that I hadn't heard before. But before we jump into that to hear more about what you do and, and what that means... Could you get us started with a little bit of an introduction to you by explaining an item of significance? It was a bit hard to come up with an item of significance because there is so many, but I found a little yellow book and it's a yellow book with a goldfish and lots of bluefish on it called Resumes for Dummies. And I take it back to 2005 when I borrowed this book from the local library. I was a mum returning to the workforce. I had a three-year-old and I did not want to have to go to school and do the school drop-offs. I wanted a career. So I grabbed resumes from dummies from the library and I read it from front to back and I created a very unique hybrid resume to hide all those gaps. Fast forward 10 years later, I was the highest contributor in 2015 of resume samples for this book. And I was sitting in Orlando, Florida, looking at the book that I just scored after going to a resume writers conference, who knew there was resume writers conferences, there were 70 people there (laughs) in Orlando, and I'd flown from little old Adelaide for three days. And I was given the book because they hadn't sent it out to me yet. And I knew I had a published resume in there. And I sat back in, in my little hotel room. And I looked and I found my resume sample. And I was so excited, published for the first time. Then I kept looking, then I found a second resume sample and then a third resume sample, then a fourth and I burst into tears. I actually realised I was good enough. After 10 years of writing resumes, I finally realised I was good enough. So this is my little piece of significant history to show how far I'd come in my own career. Oh, what a fabulous story, you know, and to go in that time, 10 years can seem like a long time, but it's not. (laughs) Blink of an eye. (laughs) And in career development, definitely not. But to go from, okay, I need to borrow a book to figure out how to write a resume, uh, to write my own, and then to being at a conference in Orlando and having your own sample example resumes published in a how-to book on writing resumes. Now you're working as a career storyteller and helping other people 
people from that knowledge that you've learned and helping them to, you know, tell the story that creates the career journey and pathway that that they want or that meets their purpose. First of all, explain what is a career storyteller? Well, I suppose a career storyteller is someone that can help you tell the story of your career. It's someone that actually sees those little stories and those little pieces of experience and are able to put them together to help you go in the direction you want to go. So all, I believe, all the jobs and all the experiences we've had in our life can take us to our next step, even if it's a total career transition, because Mm. the skills are transferable. So what do you think then is the difference between telling your career story and creating a resume? I think it would be very similar, but to me, the career storytelling is actually getting to that true essence of who you are and what you love to do. Whereas a resume is a marketing tool to sell yourself to the reader. And a lot of people are using that old style resume, but the career storytelling so much more because when you start digging your stories and you know the value they are, they can be extended through to like your network, to LinkedIn, to interviewing And just so much more that it can be content for your social media. Mm, And it's interesting because you said, you know, you can use that story to help even when you're transitioning. So to demonstrate the value of a career experience that might be in a different field, but how that would translate across. So why do you think a story helps demonstrate that more than just, oh, well, I worked in this job and did this responsibility? Because anyone that is qualified or has experience, they're just going to say the same thing. So it's nearly a laundry list of that job description. Whereas, for example, on the weekend, I was at the Career Expo and I saw this family and they said their year 10 daughter was looking at writing a resume and they had a young boy with them. And I said, how old are you? What class are you in? And he said, year seven. And when it came to the presentation, there's a section where so many teachers or parents don't believe their children have experiences. So I thought I'd challenge myself. And I said to this year seven boy, come up here. I think you have so much experience that you could write your own resume now. So we got him up there and we just stepped through experiences like community involvement, what they have to do at home. And it's not just that list of I mop the floors or, you know, I go to school. When when we broke down, he had this beautiful little story of helping in the canteen. And when we dove a little bit deeper, and that's the trick with career storytelling is, you've done this, but what did you do different? And he said, you know, in 20 minutes, he had served 30 kids Slurpees. And I said, oh, were you in charge of the Slurpee machine? He said, yes. So here we are with this year seven that's got money handling experience. He's got customer service. He's probably doing safe food handling. And by this, the end of this five minutes, he was actually already starting to think of what he could create with his hobbies to make money and be an entrepreneur. And everyone's mouths had dropped, which was great. So the next talk I did point at a six-year-old and say, do you create Lego? <laughs> and then I thought it was enough. I better not go that that hard on myself to find stories from a six-year-old. But people, people undersell themselves and they don't understand that anything they do, even in their personal life, is a story that can be shared to show resilience, to show purpose, to show their communication skills. And that word purpose is one that you use a lot. So rather than just seeing the resume, as you say, as a, as a laundry list still of the job description, just ticking the boxes, you know, you're looking at what is the purpose and what do you bring or what do you hope to bring or gain from working in these roles? Why is that such a critical element to the work you're doing? Because I think most people think 
I'm not happy in my job, I need a resume, and then I'll apply for lots of jobs. But the resume is at that 80% point. You've got to sit back and explore those career stories and each job. And I sometimes say the best step is to actually have a list and a love and hate or a pain and passion. And you actually write down, and most people can start with the one they don't want to do. So all of those experiences and things you don't want to do in your job. So you write all them down. I don't want to sit in front of a computer for eight hours a day. I want to have a balance of getting in and out, meeting people, all of that. So once you start writing all your pain and passion, you'll start to see a bit of a pattern. And I say to everyone, no matter how happy you are in your job, Look at what's happened back in January. A lot of people were happy in their job, didn't need to look, didn't need to network with their their you know, their whole world. And all of a sudden they're now thinking I need to look at a new career or I aren't necessarily satisfied with what I'm doing and maybe it's a promotion internally. But it's about writing all those stories that are in your head onto paper because for you, you actually have a bit of an awakening. Um, I had a marine pilot, well, a marine master of a quite a big ship wanted to become a marine pilot. And he wrote down three stories of when he was really in that zone, when the day went in the blink of an eye, when he just knew he was meant to be doing the job he was doing because he loved it so much. He realized seeing it on paper instead of just knowing it in his head was really different because he had to name the skill. Like, what skill is this? I had a mechanical fitter. He turned around and said the way he solved all those continuous breakdowns, it was ingenuity. And I wouldn't have used the word ingenuity. But when you write them down, you start to see for yourself what you love doing. You know, and you've sort of touched on this. What do you think are some of the biggest barriers for people when they write their resume? Is it um, that imposter syndrome? Oh, I don't have the skills or I haven't done this. You know, what are those barriers that people face when having to write career stories or write their resume? I think the first thing is they look at the resume template and it's a 30-year-old outdated document that doesn't sell in this era of technology. So the way you apply for jobs is so different now, whereas that template is what we used to walk into a store and hand to a business owner and say, will you give me a job? And you only had to walk into one to three to five businesses and you normally had the job. Whereas now I hear people that they've applied for 500 jobs and they've got maybe 20 interviews. And I think that's the barrier is that we're looking at this old style piece of paper and trying to work out how to sell ourselves. So I think the first step, if you are, whether you're looking at a promotion, a new career, or even your next job, is to have half a dozen of those jobs. And I, I use Seek as a research tool that you open the job you want and you look at four or five different companies that are advertising for that job and it doesn't matter where in the world it is or in Australia but you'll start to see the key words and when you look at the selection criteria it'll say you must demonstrate something so you actually then can dig up those stories but you've got to put the stories on paper first because that's where nowadays they say everyone will have 17 different jobs in five industries and some of these industries haven't been created yet. I've had 11 jobs in seven industries. And it was because I knew my skills that I was able to share the right stories to show the reader that I was going to save them time and money. I was going to connect with people. 
And and that's really what it's about. Every job is that human connection and we all connect through storytelling. Mm, I, I couldn't agree more. So then if the current resume template isn't right, then what should people be using instead? I say there's five elements to a resume now. So you've got to have impact. It's a marketing tool. Unfortunately, job ads are written really badly. So you've got to kind of bring the key words from the job ad into your resume. So it's the impact. You've got to have a hook because everyone else that applies for that job thinks they're qualified as well. So when everyone's got the same qualifications and then got that laundry list of a job list of what you're paid to do in a job, what makes you different? And that's those stories of where you have done something better. A brilliant example was um, a lady, she's looking at RPLing, her HR experiences. And when I started talking to her about, you know, sometimes it's a day from hell. (laughs) And for her, she said, you know, she is a wordsmith. She's really good with communication. She hates maths. She sees numbers and she goes blank. And I said, well, what project are you involved in now? And she, she was in charge of a $3 million project. And I said, but maths isn't your forte. So you don't find it easy, do you? And she's like, no. And I said, well, the thing with that is when you're looking at numbers, you're dotting your I's, you're crossing your T's, you're triple checking everything because you aren't that confident. And she goes, yeah. And I said, so you're playing on your weakness instead of your strengths. And she's like, I never saw it like that. It's something that she can now proudly say she can do finance. She's not going to apply for jobs with finance, but she can be really outside her comfort zone and achieve things. And so then, okay, you said there was five elements in that resume. So impact, a hook, yeah. What are the, the key other? words? So as I said, open five job ads that are the similar. You'll find the same similar words. So those those key words are industry based, and then you need to bring the career stories in. So that's where the career stories back up their keywords, and you don't just say you've done something. You can show, and nowadays you have to quantify. So when people say, you know, I'm good with small teams, well, is this a team of three people or a team of 300 people? You know, is the budget 100,000 or is it 3.4 billion? You know, what project are you on? So those career stories really need to break down how you save time and money. And then the last bit is the benefits. So the benefits is actually at the front of the resume, but it gets written last because it's about researching that company. Find out what their values are. Do they match yours? How can you show them that you meet their needs and you're going to offer them something different to everyone else that can do the job? So then you think it's really important to make sure that you tailor every application individually to that business? Absolutely. I see so many people say I change and adapt my resume, but they don't. Nowadays, that hook and the impact has to have the job title at the top. In technology now, we're all designers, we're all artists. So we can, within two, three seconds, change the job title of our resume. And especially for students, what I see is most of the time those entry level, those first jobs is either in retail and hospitality. You actually needed a retail resume and a hospitality resume. You still use the same career stories, but Retail is about customer service. It's about upselling. Hospitality is about probably fast-paced, but it's also about food handling, um, cross-contamination, hygiene. So you're using a little bit of different language in that very front page of your resume, which is maybe three quarters down the page, is all about the company you're applying for. 
So that tailored approach is really going to help make your resume stand out. Definitely. And I mean, you know, I'm a bit biased and unfortunately I don't get commissioned for it, but Resumes for Dummies is a really good start. The latest versions is I think the eighth edition and there's the seventh edition. That's where it's really shifted. A lot of people will go on to Google. Some people are pulling Canva resumes. These are really nice templates, but they're not suitable for applicant tracking systems. So there's so much there, but I think with your your resume is only one part of your career story and your next step. To me, it's about building your network. And when you get all those stories down on paper, you realize that you've got some really good strengths in there that you can highlight. And I love LinkedIn because you never know who's watching you on LinkedIn. And one of the best stories I had was we fixed up um, a young contracts administrator's profile and he was in the Pilbara and he wanted to get into oil and gas. So he just started posting some stories on LinkedIn and he had a recruiter from London reach out for a job in Mount Isa. And next thing, the second job after that, he was flying to New York as a contracts manager on a massive billion dollar project. So you never know where the next offer is going to come from. And I, I'm i a bit biased with LinkedIn because I love that too, because it is that chance to share those stories. And I mean, one of my big stories, I actually decided, well, I was working with some Aboriginal women in leadership and I created this program called Personal Branding. And I thought, okay, I better have a go at this little personal branding map. And I was stumped. I didn't know my own personal brand. It's always like the electrician that never has um, his lights fixed and the plumber that's got a leaking tap. But for me, I didn't know what my personal brand was, so I had to really sit down and work out what my strengths were. And I knew I had leadership skills, and I go back to when I was 21. I got this job in a pharmacy, and this is where those career stories are powerful, is I'm sitting at this interview as a 21-year-old and the pharmacist had to go up and answer the phone. And I was just twiddling my thumbs and I started looking at the medicines on the shelf. And then I started looking at the dates on those medicine bottles and I found a few out of date. So by the time he'd come back from the phone call, I had about six different bottles that were out of date that his staff hadn't picked up. And he just turned to me and he said, look, you've blown me away. I actually see you as a leader and I want you to be running my pharmacy. And I'm like, what? And I said, okay, yeah, sounds great. Maybe in a few years. And the first day I started, I walked in and there was all these 40-year-old women. And I'm like, they are so old. <laughs> Says me, that's more than 40 now. But I couldn't see myself as a leader. And he saw something in me that I actually didn't see myself. And so I remembered that story when I was doing the personal branding and I've written it down. And look, within a year and a half, I was running the whole pharmacy. And then every year they were buying new pharmacies. And I was going in and doing employee relations, HR, training the staff. And yeah, I was the leader within two, three years. So when I was doing this personal branding, I've gone back to this, this workshop I was just about to create. And I'm thinking, okay, I was a leader and he saw me as that. And then I went, uh, duh. when I was 17, I was coaching three basketball teams and I took all three teams to the grand final and that was a 17 year old and it just finally was an aha moment for me that I'd been a leader way back then and I just hadn't seen it. There's strengths and skills that you have whether you've had employment or not. Mm. And it's about how you reframe and view them to weave them into your story. You touched on LinkedIn. I'd really like to expand on that and how you think that can be used as a professional tool to really, you know, personally brand yourself or position yourself for 
promotions or new opportunities or even just build yourself within industry? So I see LinkedIn as where your future is going. So where you want to be in the future. A lot of people unfortunately still see it like it was eight, 10 years ago before Microsoft took over as an online resume. But there's so much more to it. So I say there's three points to LinkedIn, the three C's, triple C's. So you need to connect with people that you want to work with. You can connect with your old colleagues because you don't know necessarily where they've gone on to. But if you're not connecting with people, there's no point being on a social network. And some people will say, oh, I don't know this person, so I don't, don't necessarily want to connect with them. But once you've connected, you've got to have conversations. You've got to comment. So what I say is if you're looking at changing your career, start following the leaders in that industry. Start following the companies you want to work for. And you need to start using their language in your profile and on comments. So you can share your stories and they don't have to all be nice like, oh, that's really inspirational or that. You can say, I actually don't agree with that because in my experience, I had a situation where blah, blah, blah. So you've got to comment and then you've got to create content. And that's where, as I said, write your career stories down. I had a strategic advisor for the last government, um, he wrote 17 pages of stories and he had the most amazing stories and they all weren't just for his resume, but they were beautiful stories that he could create content with on LinkedIn and have that strategy behind him of who he wanted to hook in and connect with. And do you think, like, would you recommend maybe doing a bulk writing of content or is it just a regular thing? How often or, you know, what's a good way of managing sharing content on LinkedIn? I think a lot of people are scared to share content. And I always say if, if you're a little bit concerned about putting yourself out there too much, 15 minutes a week is fine. And that 15 minutes, I find the way I work with content is I'll be walking to work and I'll go, oh, look at that tree. I remember as a kid climbing up that tree. Why don't we climb up trees as adults? Why don't we push ourselves beyond our comfort zone? And so then I'll just start thinking of something and I'll just type it out or I'll video it. And sometimes those spur of the moments are really good. I always say to people, create three pillars of content or, or topics. So for me, I love stories. <laughs> I love teaching youth to empower them that they have got experience and they can communicate their value. And I do have a soft spot for my dog Gherkin, my little French bulldog. So sometimes he makes it into them, which is maybe just a photo and get people to reflect on, you know, an experience in their life. And yeah, it, it just depends at the time. And, and those content pillars don't have to always be stagnant. You might change them in six months 12 months, you might decide you want to take a little bit more of a different angle in your career or to connect with different people. And I mean, one of my passionate content bits at the moment is LinkedIn local. So taking your connections off LinkedIn and it's about the human connection and sharing stories. I love it. So you talk about in, you know, in this communication and sharing stories on LinkedIn and creating your, your content pillars, you know, it is about the uniqueness that, that individuals bring and, you know, and then you bring that into a human connectedness. What are the barriers that you see for people in recognising or articulating their own personal uniqueness? That's a great question. And I, I really, a new thing that I came up with on the weekend at the Careers Expo was I had this 
beautiful young gentleman. I don't know what drew me to him, but he came up to me and he said, Marlene, can I talk to you? And I said, sure, sit down. And I just felt he had to sit down with me. And he goes, I've never worked. And he was probably about 35. And he said, I've never worked in my life. I've had a really hard upbringing. And when you talk about career stories, I don't have any. And I said to him, what, what did you want to do when you were growing up? And he said, I always want to be a train driver. And I said, what about your job active people? Have they helped you maybe get a Cert 3 in security so you can be at the Adelaide train station every day? I said, imagine if you saw the train drivers every single day and you got to know all those train drivers as a security guard. I'm sure one of them would let you in the cabin and go for a train ride. And he goes, wow, I never thought of that. And I just thought this this guy, he has so many stories. Like I didn't even need to dig into the stories, maybe a bit of suffering that he'd had. But as I said to him, I see in him resilience. I see in him strength. The fact he gets up every day and he was so polite and he used my name and he was just, there was just, he had an aura about him. And there was so many career stories there that he just didn't know were of value. Well, Marlene, thank you so much for sharing your stories and tips with us. In conclusion, though, could you share with us Marlene's Be The Drop tip? So that's your top communication tip for communication that motivates and inspires. I think it's about knowing everyone has their own stories and until you share them, the challenges, the frustrations, the joys Once you get them down, out of your head, the magic does happen. Thank you so much, Marlene. You're welcome. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.